cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 21st, 2009. Now, newcomers come in all the time to the show, so they should look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And on that site, uh, they can choose from hundreds of talks I've given in the past for download, for the audio download. And you can also mark down or bookmark the other sites I have up there, because once in a while, the big ones... Uh, are pulled or they get stuck when they don't increase the disk space, uh, although they're supposed to do it automatically. But for some reason with me, they have a problem. It's got Yahoo baffled, apparently. And um, so I get set back for weeks, sometimes trying to reload and upload all the stuff I've missed on those sites. Anyway, take uh, a bookmark of these other sites, uh, and you can always get me somewhere out there. Uh, it's cuttingthrough.jenkness.com to choose from. Cutting through the matrix.net.us.ca. There's Alan Watt cutting through the matrix.ca. And there's Alan Watt sentinel.eu. That's the European site, that last one. And it has the same audios for download, but you can also have transcripts of a lot of the talks for download and prints up uh, written in the various languages of Europe. And I always say at the start of the show, which I'm sure everybody by now skips over, that it's up to you to keep me going by purchasing the few things, very few things I have for sale. I don't have time to put out more stuff. Uh, or you can donate to me. And how you do it is on the website. You know, I use PayPal, personal check for the U.S. and Canada, uh, international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada. Uh, outside the Americas, you can send cash. A lot of send cash to get fed up with incredible charges that the big guys with the triple chins uh, charge these days. And so you can do that or Western Union or MoneyGram. It's up to yourselves how you do it. Or if you email me, we can always do it through PayPal instead. And for those who get the disc burned, and lots of people get disc burned at meetings and so on, and passed out to them, they don't use computers, they're, they're wise. They know it's a, a passing fad, really, in a sense, because it's all becoming policed so quickly now, as it was intended to do. And uh, they play these discs on the CD players at home, these talks. So you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, site 41, box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, number 3, E as in Elizabeth, number 4, N as in Nora, and the number 1. And that's that out the way. I don't plug myself. There's no point in tooting your own horn because I'm not after a career. I'm not after uh, getting rich either, or I would be. Uh, remember, the advertisers that you hear on the show, the advertisements, are paid straight by the companies to RBN to pay for this airtime and pay for the staff and their equipment and their bills and so on. I've got nothing to do with that. So it's up to you to keep me going. There's no foundation, NGO, or whatever backs me up. And I don't promote different products either. That gives me a freer hand. It's amazing in this life, we think of this, there's no consequences to things. We're taught 
to believe that more so than ever, in fact, right through the 20th century up to the present time, is that there's no consequences for anything we do in life. And that is the road to slavery. That's what the New World Order is all about, is taking away your responsibility for yourself, no matter what you do or what condition you end up in. And see, we'll take care of it for you, but here's, here's the price. And government agencies will rule your life. That's what the whole New World Order has used for over a hundred years to the present time. Reality and perception. We're going to sum up this when I come back from this break. through the matrix. The matrix is the big system in the world, the reality that was presented to you at birth and reinforced by scientific indoctrination from then on. It starts with your parents because they didn't know any better either. You see, it works perfectly on each generation. They think everything's normal because it's, it is that way. This is what is. This, this is it. This is what is. Therefore, it's normal. It has to be normal because it, because it exists, you see. And that's what Lenin uh, talked about that there's hundreds of ways that society could go. You can create hundreds of different styles of society. But the trick is to make the people that you rule over think that this is the only one that could possibly have evolved. Why? Because it's here and it's natural. That's the simple trick to it. And yet, nothing in it, nothing in it is by happenstance. It didn't just evolve by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, if you go this down through history, you really study history to see how governance, as they call it today, worked. And to realize that the incredible intellect of the masses, as it's now called, ruling over the masses, and knowledge of how to rule over the masses has always been understood long before Bernays came up with the idea. Now, the nephew of Freud and created the consumer society. He also helped to create wars and things too, which he was very proud of doing by the use of very good propaganda, by understanding how we react to things as individuals, part of the mass. I'm always like to, to be the same as everyone else, you see. That's what fashion depends upon. Everybody being the same as everybody else. And true, true enough. People who are not dressed the same way, especially at school, are going to get picked on if they're not up with the latest trend. Can't afford it, A eh? Parents can't afford it, A, eh? And then it starts from there. That's the nature of humanity when they, they are not individualistic. And the problem down through the centuries is that it's been a struggle for individuals to come out of the mass. What's amazing is when they do, they often become leaders and they change society. That was understood in ancient times as well. That's where religious leaders came from as well. And whatever road they present to you becomes the normal eventually. Until anyone outside that new normal for the masses, uh, become, they get stoned. They get stoned to death. And all the advertisers 
and those who deal with the mind of society. They don't bother about individualism at all. They just take us all as one big herd because the people move without realizing what's directing them. These big boys know it. And it isn't until you study the histories of even Britain, it's fantastic to see how kings dealt with little uprisings or even requests from peasants with the possibility of, of a future uprising if, if the king didn't consider something and how they dealt with them, how the king would deal with them is fascinating. And it was always utterly ruthless at the end, slaughter and terrorize the public. Terror works well. That's why when they change the systems in revolutions, um, like the, the Soviet or the Bolshevik Revolution, they used a, a reign of terror. They, they got that from the French because it was the same societies done through the last few centuries that were running the same show. And they had to terrorize the public. Lenin, actually, as in his writings, if you read through them, there's stacks of stuff there. And he said, to, he sent out men to all the different villages, peasant villages, and he just grabbed bunches of the peasants and hang them and leave them up hanging on trees and posts uh, until they rot. And, and the terror will strike at the hearts of the people and they'll simply obey uh, the authority. That's what they did. And where did he get that from? Well, Henry VIII did the same thing at one point. The people petitioned to keep the religion when he was changing it to suit himself. The exact same thing. After he placated the people and says, okay, I'll consider it, and most of the armies went home that he may have had to fight, he sent his army after the remainder, slaughtered them, and then sent out people across all, every village and hamlet and told them to do the same thing, hang them, draw them, and quarter them, cut them up, hang them on uh, posts, uh, put the heads on posts, arms, legs, a whole bit, everywhere to terrorize the public. Ancient techniques. T today it's more subtle, of course, they just tell you, uh, they just show you big, incredibly um, well-done TV things with, with planes hitting buildings and that. And, and that's all it takes. You don't need to send the guys around to, to cut a few of you up and hang you on posts. And suddenly the media goes into operation and says, are you going to give up your freedoms for your rights? Across the Western world that happened at the same time, every media was asking the same question. And you all think that's just coincidence. Everything to most people is coincidence. In fact, they're bombarded with so much information and trivia every day. They can't think where it comes from, why it's out there now, and why so many stories could tie together are blitzed out at the same time. I'll give you a little example before I continue. Uh, just in the last week, I've been getting a lot of uh, links sent to me with the crime in Britain. And one's a horrible one of a bunch of women uh, uh, almost killing a guy, a gang of females killing a guy, trying to kill a guy. And, uh, and he wasn't fighting back. And once he's down there putting the heels in him, his face and the whole thing and, and booting him, then another one's do with, um, with uh, a racial attack uh, to a guy in, in, in a school in Britain. But it's an Asian gang on a white guy, which is... Germany never reported. So they're, they're doing it now to, to exaggerate, to get the motions going. This young guy ended up with a hammer, a claw hammer, uh, in his brain. You know, highly emotive topics. But it's, it, it coincides with the launching of an, uh, a British in, um, nationwide police website to show you the crime in your area. 
You see, that's why it's in the paper. That's why these other stories are in the paper. But most people don't relate it to this. And it gives you an intensified uh, fear of going out the door. That's what it does. Until you're totally dependent upon your police and, and giving you daily information on the, these websites on your particular area of what's happening, what to be aware of, and all the rest of it. And the police are also, apart from the crimes that they usually list, they've also gone into the, the field of really uh, uh, inappropriate behavior, things like that. And what's appropriate behavior? You see, they're talking about political correctness. This is Big Brother. Big, big brother. There's nothing happens in the media and presented to you without a purpose. And never forget that. Never forget it. Even when they give you a bit of truth, that's them throwing a little bit of bait to you. But the, the, the media has always been in the business of controlling your mind. It, again, reinforces this reality that you've already been conditioned to have. If you're born in a town or a village or a city, you'll identify with what you think is that city is part of you, only because the growing up phase takes part within that, that those confines. So it's a tribal thing. We're, we're, we're understood minutely by those who rule us. Completely. And we've been managed for centuries, centuries and centuries, and more so with the advent of radio than television. It was much, much easier. The first BBC... The BBC came out, in fact, as a propaganda arm of the British government, unabashedly. That was his job from the beginning. It's owned by the government as an arm. Everybody, I think, up at the present time who works there, uh, at least it was up until the 80s, had to come from Eton. They didn't employ anybody outside that club. And obviously, big money and power is behind information to give you realities. We even become proud of the areas we, we grew up in. We become proud, you see, whether it's working class or, or an elite crowd or middle class. We become proud. We, we feel we belong. But that's nothing. I don't even care what level you're at. That's not the guys who rule. You're not part of them. The people who rule us are so far out of anybody we'll meet or even hear of in the media that they have a different completely different reality than we could even dream of, even in science fiction. But we're all taught to emulate. See, these big guys are put out there because we're heard, we're heard. We, we follow leaders who, it doesn't matter what group you, you've identified with, whether it's Christian or atheist or communist or whatever it happens to be, you're being used. You're being used by people above all the people you'll meet or read of who really control the function of you. And you'll never know what their long-term goal is. In fact, the Communist Party said that wasn't for the workers beneath, including the middle management, to know the real agenda. And that's the same for all of society. We are managed. Now, I've gone through reports before where the U.S. government put out this reports from the think tank on its projection for the next 50 odd years it coincides exactly with the one put out by the think tank for uh, Britain, the British military, Ministry of Defence and NATO all NATO countries with the same report of what's to happen in the next 50 years now they don't put out these reports as a guess a guessing uh, framework 
they put it out as fact. They know where they've been told where they're going. They even had this uh, before the last managed uh, on cue crash came. Uh, that, that uh, cash would get tight and, and there could be bank failures and all. That's all included before it all happened. And the guys in those think tanks um, belong to the agencies that helped inform governments about potential crisis survival of the ship of state, both at home and abroad, because foreign interests are vital to the survival of a power elite within every country. And We'll go into some of this when we come back from this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix talking about reality again. Reality. Now, what is reality? Fascinating subject, really, because you can go on forever, going through different layers of it and levels of it and all the rest of it. And I started off the show by saying that technically we are responsible individually for the directions we take. However, though, we're born into systems and different classes and all the rest of it. We are limited. We're given a set amount of degrees from left to right you can go into an employment and all the rest of it where you try and find your niche and again identify with your group that you choose to it's all group things it's all to do with groups now, I never join I can't, I can't understand groups because once you're into something uh, someone else is in charge of a direction that you'll never ever know about and that's a top guy that's a top guy I don't even believe, to be honest with you, that the ones who are picked to be frontmen even know uh, the whole story. They're told all they need to know. The politicians, the presidents, prime ministers, they're just good little psychopaths who play their role. They've done all the PC things necessary to get to that, that level, and they've been pre-selected and washed off and, and approved. And that's who we're presented with. But they don't know. They, they're not the ones who manage the big, big picture. There are people in this world who are so incredibly powerful and rich, they can sink a country overnight and crash the entire economy. But who boast about it and who do it? And who get write-ups in the newspaper of how clever they were and how they did it? And, and there's no law in the world to uh, put them in prison for it, by the way. Because why? It's their system. They're, they're not going to make sure no law will ever, that the law system belongs to them. But our own individual choices to go along with the herd and suffer, as we do, because it's not meant at this particular time, hasn't been for since about the 50s onwards, it's not meant that we have sort of healthy lifestyles. If you have any urge, any need or urge that you're born with, and you will go through quite a few of them as you grow up, um, they play on that, whether it's eating, sex or anything else. You can become addicted to any one of them when the advertisers and the system and the culture around you goes into overdrive. Look how many fast foods ads are on TV. Always have been. Then they turn around and point at the victims and say, oh, look at this obesity is just getting out of sight. So the victim once again takes the blame. Even though all of this stuff and this advertising is promoted from the top down. Nothing is from the grassroots up. It's all from the top down, as Plato said. Otherwise, 
something true coming out at the bottom, if you don't crush it and eliminate them altogether, which is generally what they do, with, with vicious um, force, then it might upset the whole, the whole structure of the elite's control. can have ripple effects going through. And therefore, when, so when these big think tanks come out with the projections for the future, it's not because some guy is sitting and looking at a crystal ball or, or daydreaming about what he knows. It's because it's a continuation of the information passed down from think tanks to think tanks down through the generations. They understand where they're going. And the future is already being spelled out where they'll break the world down. And even, even into, into sort of city-states, you might say, that, was, that came out from the United Nations years ago. They said they were going to create greater city-states so that a greater Toronto suddenly be amalgamated into a greater Toronto happened all across North America at the same time. And a few places where they, they gave the votes to the public, they just went over their heads anyway. That happened in Toronto, by the way. 70% didn't want to amalgamate all the rural townships into the greater Toronto. And uh, then the politician says, well, we didn't have to get, need to give you that vote in the first place, so we're going to overrule it and go ahead regardless. That's democracy. See, there's no such thing as democracy. It's a farce. There's only agendas. There's only one agenda. And eventually, if you go through these military and I, um, um, think tank previews of the future, and I have the links on my uh, archive uh, section on my website, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, you can look them up yourself, 90 pages from the, the British one, and a whole bunch from the, from the US one. Canada's just come out with this, a similar one, They're projecting more future wars and, and less uh, stationed at home. And by the way, uh, they're not just having a war over there against the, the, the rubbish they've told you about. They planned these wars way back. In fact, you can find uh, the agenda written down in the 70s, the 1970s for the project for a new American century as it later became known. And it wasn't started off by the so-called Republicans, it was started off by a Democrat. Not that it means anything, because they just change sides all the time. And they had listed the countries they'd have to go into and take over in the 70s. So they needed everything to happen on 2001, of the century of change, and that was the kickoff year for the century of change, not 2000, but 2001, according to all the other specialists up there, you know, the Time Lords. That's what they said, it was 2001, and bang, bingo, they had their big, big uh, gift given to them, supposedly, and uh, it had the effect that it was supposed to have. Everybody sat back in shock and awe, and uh, the all the planned changes were just rammed right through omnibus bills one after the other that every country had sitting waiting to go into action to change society as you go through these massive changes that are scheduled including eventually the setup of the world government the open pronunciation of it announcement of it and then that won't last forever either maybe a hundred years and then it will break down and they won't need that anymore a small population living in high tech city-states, very small populations, uh, only one or two in the United States, apparently. And that's what these permanent bases overseas are all about. Obama's just uh, scheduled another four or five overseas. These are permanent for the next 100, 150-year bases, folks, city-states. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
it was, and we're cutting through the matrix. Uh, just saying that life isn't what it seems to be, you know, at all. Everything is projected to us, everything is on cue at the same, at the right time. We don't even realize that much of the stuff that's thrown out there by the media connects together for another purpose that you're completely unaware of. That's the kind of stuff that Bernays goes through. It's very seldom you get one of their own coming out and boasting about some of their techniques. Not all of them, mind you, but some of their techniques and how they control whole populations and motivate their unconscious desires, as they say, without them even knowing. But it's happening. They think every choice is their own. But the time for the consumer society is over. This was scheduled this way before they gave us the consumer society because the world was the goal. And they needed strong countries that paid lots of taxes for people who were willing to go off and fight for a system they, they believed in, make them believe in the system. They'll never know you're going to pull the plug 100 years down the road and once they've done their job. And right now, if you go through the transition phase, as they bring down society, now that they've got their global structure, they're finishing off the last few countries to standardize them into the one system. And then they'll give you the king of the world, who no doubt would be another front man. But anyway, in the meantime, it goes through the periods of chaos and, and learn austerity, meaning poverty, and cut back on things. And you get punished by the authorities who don't cut back. They, they do have smart meters now. They can read the appliances that you're using in your house. And that eventually will, will mean you'll get fines if you go over certain uh, limits on your kilowatt percentage hours per week or month or however, however they do it. That's all been, already been used under the guise of teaching us. So we're trained like animals. They teach us to, to not to waste electricity. That's the excuse they're giving us as they install them. And they've been doing it through Ontario for the last few years, in fact, and other places throughout Canada and elsewhere and Britain. The reality, to say, is to eventually punish you. And they'll even have little things up on your local net. Local nets are very important, taken over from newspapers. And if your name pops up in it, you'll be so embarrassed and ashamed because everybody in your little area will know it was you that went over the kilowatt hour and you got punished for it. So shame, all these techniques are used to control the public as they bring us down. Because we're, our lives are short. These guys plan in centuries. Our lives are short and we'll go through them and we'll die off. Most folk are sterile now anyway. The ones who get born, um, are, the ones who should be born generally don't get born these days. And that's the new normal. And everything becomes normal if it's taught the right way to the general public, especially when you say you have no personal responsibility. And don't worry, the state will take care of anything that happens. To it happens, like you have, no, you have no choice in the matter. It just happens. These things happen. And the more we become like children and say, that's true, you know, nothing's my fault, the more the state will take over and deal with the, with the fallout for you, but at a hell of a price. It means obedience in every aspect of your life. And as we go down, eventually, the, the population will be vastly reduced because they plan, they plan, and they can, and they will uh, reduce the water supplies to all the major cities because only a handful, maybe even two, and really all as, as one company will run the water supply if they don't all. All these other ones are fronts. It's like the agribusiness. It's really one company. And the agribusiness owns all the food supply. You see, and we've been told that we're going to be vegetarians. 
that's been in so many different... Newt Gingrich handed out the book, uh, The Third Wave, to every congressman. And it said in the book there that the society they're bringing in will be vegetarian, and it must be so. Didn't you say why? But it's interesting to, to see how many vegetarians are in this particular society that is chosen to spearhead this new world order and how far back it goes too. Starting with Benjamin Franklin, that was the first one to publicly admit it. A religion is used as the battering ram or the spear, the spearhead that drives us into the next part of a system. A religion. And people are completely unaware of it. And they plan the future. So we've got to die off gradually, be sterile and so on, or go through this period of upheaval, chaos, and society becoming very aggressive. And uh, that will happen. It's already happening. And they can make us so very quickly too, if they want us to do so, by reducing the food, by creating more unemployment. Meanwhile, they're still using the bulk of the populations of the West to finance what they call the quality of the third world, which is nonsense because it never gets to where it's supposed to go in the first place, never has. But that's, the truth doesn't matter in propaganda. And the real reasons are never, never given to the public. So the taxpayers that are left, who could never pay us out the hole we're in, we could never, even if we had 100 generations to go yet, we could never pay it off, ever, ever, which is understood at the top. Money is a tool to those at the top. It's only important those at the bottom believe in it and use it. <laughs> That's it. That um, as they die off and pay for all these wars to come uh, into the year 2030, 2050, uh, the elite are already, by the way, moving into their super cities, where they're building these permanent bases and cities across the waters and in uh, the Middle East. And they already have the cities planned for Iran in different places. And permanent bases that are there for... A, a permanent means 100 years, 150 years. And it'll be super rich city-states across the world. No countries as such. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's in all the reports, all the projections for the future. So everything that happens in the meantime that the media hits you with... It's just them managing you along a certain path. Never worth the true information of what's behind it, but it gets you to go along with the next phase and the next phase and the next phase. We live in hope. We live in hope. That's why we keep hoping for something better to happen. Never does. Never does. And it's not planned to happen. But they'll give you hope. Always give you hope. Otherwise, it's have riots and chaos. And that's why they've been getting ready for the chaos and riots for the last 20-odd years using the war on drugs to start off SWAT teams initially and then get the, every cop into SWAT teams until you've got armies of SWAT teams that can work together and um, now you have intergovernmental agencies all working in SWAT teams even going over with the military to practice taking down doors and dragging people out of their homes uh, that's the normal now because they knew long ago where they were going to take us today and see if you're back into the project from the American century follow its history Come up, see how, if you can find out who came up with the idea. And what they talked about future wars and where they would be back in the 70s. They're right on cue with everything. And then, here's from an article I've read before. You've got to read this again and again and again. The problem today is we, we, we pick up the trivia 
because every day we get bucket loads of trivia thrown at us and you've got to concentrate on what's important never lose sight of what's important it's about this it's about information and how you, they're, they're managed everyone's managed and what the future is going to be and it's from reports it's, it's about the third time I've read parts of it Constant Conflict by Ralph Peters from Parameters magazine summer 
you know, she marks at the top, and greater popular refusal of democracy. One of the defining bifurcations of the future will be the conflict between information masters and information victims. This is for the military. This is how get, this is how get taught at the top. These aren't, the, these aren't the guys you go off and fight, by the way. Too valuable to send them off to fight. In the past, information empowerment was largely a matter of insider and outsider, as elementary as a division of society into the literate and illiterate. While superior information often embodied in military technology killed throughout history, its effect tended to be politically decisive but not personally intrusive once the raping and the pillaging were done. Technology was more apt to batter down the city gates than to change the nature of the city. So remember what Bernays said? You've got to change behavior of society and prepare them for the products you're going to offer them. You change them first. And he's saying the same thing. So he says the rise of the modern West broke the pattern to change the people. Whether speaking of the dispossessions and dislocations caused in Europe through the introduction of machine-driven production or elsewhere by the great age of European imperialism, an explosion of disorienting, disorientating information intruded ever further into Brodel's structures of everyday life. Historically, ignorance was bliss. Today, ignorance is no longer possible, only error. The contemporary expansion of available information is immeasurable, uncontainable, and destructive to individuals and entire cultures unable to master it. The radical fundamentalists, the bomber in Jerusalem or Oklahoma City, the moral terrorist on the right or the dictatorial multiculturalist on the left are all brothers and sisters, all threatened by change, terrified of the future, and alienated by information they can't reconcile with their lives or ambitions. Boy, they've got down pat. They know, they know the society that's been brought in because they created it. They ache to return to a golden age that never existed or to create a paradise of their own restrictive design. And that's, that's true, isn't it? People always look back in the past and we can get America back and all this kind of stuff. John Boy. Good night, John Boy. They no longer understand the world and their fear is volatile. Information destroys traditional jobs and traditional cultures. It seduces, betrays, yet remains invulnerable. How can you counterattack the information others have turned upon you? There's no effective option other than competitive performance. For those individuals and cultures that cannot join or compete with our information empire, there's only inevitable failure. Of note, the Internet is to the techno-capable disaffected what the United Nations is to marginal states. It offers the illusion of empowerment and commodity. Who gave you the internet? And it kept people from rebelling a lot more. They used to go on the streets and marching at one time. Not now. They all sit there and type and pass stuff around. <laughs> the attempt of the Iranian mullahs to secede from modernity has failed, although what Turban corpse still stumbles about the neighborhood. Information from the internet to rock videos will not be contained, and fundamentalism cannot control its children. Our victims volunteer. Yeah, they do. They're looking for answers in the meaning of life, and these guys supply it to you. Yo. So, what they're talking about here is the Darwinist concept, which the elite have always believed in long before Darwin. Darwin just put it out there to, the, to get rid of religion, which was an awful obstacle to them. 
survival of the fittest, the most aggressive, the most cunning and ruthless is what it's all about. That's what the New World Order is about. And believe you me, you can do all what you think are the right things, but you can't get into their ranks. Won't happen. It will not happen. And if we scroll down on this article, they talk about American culture and how it's promoted. Now, American culture is not American culture. America's been turned 180 degrees since about 1950 onwards, actually before that, but really on a roll by the guys who master and create and direct culture. It says it is fashionable amongst the world's intellectual elites to, to decry American culture with our domestic critics amongst the loudest and complaint. But traditional intellectual elites are of shrinking relevance, replaced by cognitive practical elites. Understand what that is? Cognitive practical elites? They give you packaged, packaged images. Figures such as Bill Gates, Steven Spielberg, Madonna, or our most successful politicians, human beings who can recognize or create popular appetites. Recreating themselves as necessary. Recreating themselves as necessary. Contemporary American culture is the most powerful in history and the most destructive of competitor cultures. So the whole thing about the system, remember it must all be one. as one culture. And the reason it's destructive is because as it destroys that at home to bring in the new, it must destroy all that abroad as well to bring in the king of the world. Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Reading from Parameters magazine from years ago, from the military, by a PSYOPs agent, obviously, who, typical of those who get in on the lowest level of, of the next reality, become egotistical and uh, rather disdaining of the people beneath them. And that comes out even in his writings. And yet he's really on the, the, the bottom with a totem pole, just a step up above the ordinary people. But this is, this is natural with society too. But he goes on to say here, that um, American culture is the most powerful in history and the most destructive of competitor cultures. Now remember, if you've followed Marxist theory and all the rest of it about revolution and changing the world, this is all part of this. It's the same movement, by the way. Even when you think you're, you're, you're in a, a commercialized society, not the same movement. It depends where you're being taken and who's taking the power from you. You see, you generate power through taxes and work and labor. And what they're using it for right now, the whole of the U.S., and has been for years, is to, to, to standardize the world, not for themselves, because they plan to take down. And they're, they're already doing that, pulling the rug from under the, the, the citizenry of the U.S. as they finish off the game. I've said that for years. It says here, while other cultures, such as those of East Asia, appear strong enough to survive the onslaught by adaptive behaviors, Darwin again, adapt or die, most are not. The genius, the secret weapon of American culture is the essence that the elites despise. Ours is the first genuine people's culture. And that's, that's his spin. That's what he's been told. No, it's not. Everything in it was given to the people. It stresses comfort and convenience, ease, and it generates pleasure for the masses. It generates pleasure for the masses. And it's true here. This part's true. The masses will hang on to the familiar and they're boozing at weekends and partying and whatever that little pleasure they're into 
to the bitter end, hoping it will never stop. He says, we are Karl Marx's dream and his nightmare. They probably don't even know it. Secular and religious revolutionaries in our century have made the identical mistake imagining that the workers of the world or the faithful just can't wait to go home at night to study Marx or the Koran. Well, Joe Sixpack, Ivan Tupichny, and Ali Quaid would rather Baywatch. America's figured it out. We are brilliant at operationalizing our knowledge and our cultural power will hinder even those cultures we do not undermine. So the whole point is to undermine them. There is no peer competitor in the cultural or military department. Our cultural empire has the addicted men and women everywhere clamoring for more. And they pay for the privilege of their disillusionment. So you can't help but mock the people as you think they're in on the know, these guys. And they're at the bottom level. American culture is criticized for its impermanence, its disposable products, but therein lies its strength. All previous cultures sought ideal achievements, which once reached, might endure in static perfection. American culture is not about the end, but the means, the dynamic process that creates, destroys, and creates anew. That's your standard occultic description. If our works are transient, then so are life's greatest gifts, passion, beauty, and quality of light on a winter afternoon, even life itself. But they go on to say how basically they'll bring down all the cultures uh, is by the films, movies, and uh, music. So the films most despised within those that feature extreme violence unto the victors of spoil sex are our most popular cultural weapon. Our most popular cultural weapon. And America thinks it's still a nation where its culture developed by itself. Thanks, Bernays et al., and all those that worked long before any Bernays to do it of the same club. Well, from a very pouring rain, harped, heavily sprayed sky in Ontario, Canada, from Hamish myself, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you. Mm-hmm.